This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing, Monica? I'm serious. This is a serious episode. Have you caught any terrorists lately? No, this is serious business. Don't like these jokes. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is episode number 34 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Zero Dark Thirty. If you're new to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream to blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler-free review of the film. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out. The second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've seen the film and would appreciate a more in-depth conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to part two. This week we're going to be talking about Zero Dark Thirty. Before we do that, though, Monica, I have to ask you, have you seen either of this weekend's new releases? Have you, have you, have you seen The Last Stand or Mama. I've seen Broken City and The Last Stand. Oh, that's right, Broken City. What did you think of Broken City and The Last Stand? Let's give our listeners just a real quick review of those. So I kind of like Broken City. It's fun. It's like a little thriller. Mark Wahlberg, Russell Crowe, not singing. It's actually lots of fun. It kind of falls into like the noir genre, and it's definitely maybe worth a check out. And The Last Stand, it's like a shoot 'em up film from Kim Ji Woo, uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you know what you're going into <laughs> the moment you step in. But it was kind of weird to sit in a audience full of people laughing at gun violence. I, I saw it as well, and that was kind of odd. And yet it's the kind of movie... But like, I would have enjoyed this like two months ago at a midnight screening right. or so. I would have laughed along with it, because like, you know, people explode in half and... Silly cartoon, almost like violence, but it's it's very over the top and cartoony, and it's one of those movies that allows you to laugh at violence without feeling guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that doesn't work for me. It worked for me overall in the last stand. I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Kim Ji Woon's probably my favorite Korean filmmaker, and even though the last stand is overall one of his weaker efforts, mm-hmm. that's usually the case when Hollywood studios try to court foreign auteurs. Like him, I thought it was still a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself. Yeah. I did not see Broken City, but I saw Mama, the new horror film. Starring our girl, Jessica Chastain. <laughs> yes, and I, I will say I was surprised. from I, Going by what little I'd seen of the previews of Mama, I was expecting it to be awful. And it wasn't terrible. Don't know if that's a really positive review, though. It didn't make me want to throw up in my row. I would say compared to most modern day horror okay. films mm-hmm. it, it was above average it's definitely okay. flawed it has some tonal issues where at times you're like is this a comedy how self-aware is this movie of how ridiculous it is at times i'm not really sure but but the, it, it's it's well shot there's some really striking visuals at times it has pretty good atmosphere and i thought jessica chastain was more engaging in that film than in, she was in the movie we're going to talk about right now 
But uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd I'd say if if you want a fun little turn off your brain movie, go see Mama or go see uh, Last, Last Stand. Stand or Broken City if you're looking for an adult noir thriller. Okay, okay. Well, uh, let's let's dive into Zero Dark Thirty because this movie's getting been getting so much praise. Monica, why don't you give our listeners a little more information about the film? Sure. This is the latest effort from Catherine Bigelow, who uh, won. Two years ago, I believe, for the Heart Locker, the uh, the first Oscar by a woman director. Did you just say the Heart Locker? Because that sounds like a horror movie. Heart Locker. That does sound like a good horror movie, though. Heart Locker. Sorry. I'm kind of nasally this morning. So, Zero Dark Thirty chronicles the 10-year search for Osama bin Laden after the September 11 attacks on the World Trade Center. And Jessica Chastain stars as Maya the CIA agent who becomes obsessed with bringing him down and tracking all the leads that we follow her through. Here's a clip. We've located an individual we believe, based on detainee reporting, is bin Laden's courier. He's living in a house in Abbottabad, Pakistan, and we assess that one of the other occupants of the house is UBL. Excuse me? Uh, so, UBL, you got, you got an intel source on the ground? No. No? Okay, so how do you know it's Bin Laden? Because the truth is, we've been on this op before, it was 07, and it wasn't Bin Laden, and we lost a couple of guys. Totally understand. By locating the courier, we've located Bin Laden. That's really the intel. That's it. Quite frankly, I didn't even want to use you guys. With your dip and your Velcro and all your gear, I wanted to drop a bomb. But people didn't believe in this lead enough to drop a bomb. So they're using you guys as canaries in the theory that if Bin Laden isn't there, you can sneak away and no one will be the wiser. But Bin Laden is there. And you're going to kill him for me. Okay, this is part one of our episode on the film, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some brief general thoughts on the movie. I am starting the clock now. Monica, in our last episode, you revealed that Zero Dark Thirty was your favorite movie of 2012. It was at the top of your top ten list. Yep. I want to know why. Just explain <laughs> to us why is, is this wrong movie with at you? the top of your list. What is wrong with you? I think you're trying to No, no, no. To I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I know the movie's been getting a lot of praise. There are a lot of people that really, really love this movie. I just want to know why, why you thought it deserved all the acclaim. I mean, straight from the first few seconds of the film where you're in total darkness listening to 911 phone calls from people in the attacks, like, my heart was in my throat the entire time. It was so tense in the theater. And everything that just kept happening to her as the story goes on, as, you know, trying to find these leads, is very uncomfortable. But at the same time, you want to know what happens next. And granted, you already know what the ending is. Because this, the reason why you're walking into this, because it's the Osama Bin Laden movie. But it's so fun to find out what happens, to see what these agents went through a little behind the scenes, what it takes, how the game changed halfway through when Obama was elected and started, you know, saying that we actually don't torture. And then they had to leave what was called the enhanced interrogation techniques. So I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm not ashamed of it. I think it's one of the best buy thrillers made because this could have been very easily and i'm sure they've already done it uh, national geographics um the story on how we found osama bin laden pretty sure they had it like the week after we actually found it or something but 
you know, instead of being very dry and just this is what happened here, here, and here, this gives you a little bit more of a personal angle. And I think Catherine Bigelow uh, does a great job in directing. She's one of the few people I trust with a handheld camera. She knows how to use it well. Uh, Jessica Chastain has the difficult role of being, you know, a cold CIA agent at the same time battling, you know, sexism in the um, in her industry and, you know, still having to keep a really tough exterior despite the fact even at the beginning when we see her watch an enhanced interrogation, she is very disgusted by it and has to look away. It's interesting to me that you thought the film... That, that you compared it to a, a National Geographic special and said it wasn't like that because I actually thought at several points during the movie, oh my God, this is just like a History Channel special. Huh. This is just like I'm watching reenactments. Maybe because I have a little bit more respect for National Geographic right now than the History Channel, but I digress. I don't know. I, it's <laughs> like I could, I could practically hear the voiceover in my head. Maya was so obsessed with finding Bin Laden. She spent hours poring over the documents. Dun, 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 dun. And then they, she did this. And then she went here. And it, Zero Dark Thirty, it's it's not that it's not a, a decent movie. It, it's an okay movie. I didn't hate the movie. Mm-hmm. But I just, I came out of the theater and I was just like, why is this getting so much praise? It's a movie that's so dispassionate to me and so cold Bigelow never really engages with Maya as a character. She never really looks outside of the CIA to see what the to, to examine how the war on terror is affecting the rest of the country or, or other people. No, it's very insulated, which those agents are. I don't think they're polling our numbers. I don't think they're actually, you know, give a crap what our right. opinion is of how they get the information. They're doing their job. Well, I, I, I do think there are some disagreements, mm. even within the agency. And the characters in this movie were so one-dimensional mm. to me. I didn't feel invested in any of them. And while there are a few really intense scenes, overall, I was kind of bored through most of the mm. movie. And it was just very difficult for me to feel invested Partly because we've lived through this. You know, we've yeah. spent the past 10 years living 10 through years, it. Yeah. We, we, we've experienced the war on terror and how it's been part of the national zeitgeist. We, we've heard all these opinions about it. We've, we've thought about all these ideas that Zero Dark Thirty never tackles. And it, it, it's interesting because I feel like most of the time people go to the movies to escape mm-hmm. or to look for some sort of provocative statement about our lives. Basically, we go to the movies because the movies is supposed to be more entertaining or more interesting than real life. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching Zero Dark Thirty, all I could think was, man, real life was so much more interesting than this movie. Really? Because that's 10 years of real life. Hold on, pause. Because it took 10 years to get where things were. It only took two and a half hours for this movie. That's a lot of condensing. I know, but that's... A, that's a, especially the movie just structurally is just kind of confuses me because it's a two and a half hour movie. The first hour and a half covers like nine years and then the last hour is only about one year. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, it just, it feels really inconsistent to me and i have i have an issue i'm not going to say that the movie endorses torture i think that's a conversation for the second part <laughs> yes and all, all i'll say about it now is that i do think 
its presentation of torture is one symptom of a larger problem that the movie suffers from. Okay. So, yeah, the movie just didn't didn't do much for me. I, I will say the last hour, when it's focused on that last year or so of the investigation, that's definitely the best part of the film. That's way more engaging to me than the first half of the movie. Okay. The final raid on the compound uh, with SEAL Team 6, that is the most well-directed part of the movie. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, you go, Catherine Bigelow. This is what... I, I wish the rest of the movie had been as good as that final sequence. Yeah. Um, because that was a great sequence. And unfortunately, I, I couldn't see that level of engagement either technically or thematically at all in the rest of the movie. Oh, oh and can we talk about Jessica Chastain? Yes, we're going to talk about Jessica Chastain, of course. <laughs> why, how, why is she getting so much awards buzz for, as one critic, I believe, put it, giving a really good impression of Kristen Stewart? Not showing a whole lot of emotion, occasionally pouting a little bit. Does best actress always mean whoever throws the biggest temper tantrum? No, it does okay. not. But at the same time, I, again, maybe maybe her performance would have worked for me if I actually felt invested in the character and if I actually learned more about that character of Maya and why she is the way she is. But by the end of the movie, I was just like... Come on, just give me something. Give me something to latch on to that will tell me. No, I'm kind of glad that we we didn't find out about her, you know, I don't know, Midwestern parenting and how she, you know, had a bad boyfriend in high school or whatever. I wasn't interested in her background. I was interested in the work she was doing here and now. And, you know, there are points where she talks a little bit about her personal life. I think it's like one time she's interviewing J James Gandolfini and he's asking her about like, well, do you have anyone else? And she's like, no, this is this is my life. This is it. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks maybe that was intentional because that character of Maya is supposed to act as an extension of us, as America, you know, where we can put ourselves onto her and say, yeah, that's what it was like, just that drive to... Mm -hmm get through all this horrible war on terror stuff and finally take down bin Laden. The problem is I don't want, I, I don't think it's enough for a main character to just function as a symbol. And I See, just I didn't see her as a symbol either. I didn't want her to be so, I guess there's a little bit of a medium. Like, okay, I guess I wanted her to be kind of like a boss. <laughs> to use the phrase, you know, you have your boss, he's in a position of power, you may or may not know so much about his personal life or whatever, but he exudes this sort of responsibility, this sense of responsibility that you have to, like, report back to them, and you are very attentive to what they need, what they're doing. But at the same time, you kind of respect that distance. I didn't, mm -hmm. want, it to be, I didn't want it to be, like, Maya B, Mama, new BFF. I wanted to her, you know, take care of business, I guess. So okay. maybe that's why I was more happy with her being so cold or so distant, almost unrelatable, like you were saying. And at the same time, you know, I totally, I, I got that. Okay. Well, we've been talking for almost 10 minutes about the movie, so I think we should wrap it up and then move on to part two and, and really dive into it. Because it's, it's clear that we, we disagree on the movie. Totally. Overall, would you recommend people see... Zero Dark Thirty. It's your number one movie of the year, so I'd be surprised if you didn't recommend that. <laughs> right? Nah, you guys can skip it. Uh, 
You know, you could catch it on DVD, maybe when they showed on FX in a couple years or whatever. No, no, def- I, I do recommend seeing it. Um, I think Catherine Bigelow did a great job, despite whatever the Academy thinks, but I think she was awesome, and I thought just Chastain was awesome. Everybody that showed up did really well. Check it out. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm going to say rent it. it. It's an okay movie. Certainly nowhere nearly as good as The Hurt Locker, in my opinion. I, I was kind of disappointed overall after, after all the uh, acclaim it's gotten. It's not awful, but it's also very distancing and, and not very engaging, in my opinion. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more in part two. That'll wrap it up for part one of our episode on Zero Dark Thirty here at Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune into part two for a much more in-depth look at the movie, and don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Really? You're going to make me see that? Okay. <laughs> we can discuss that, or we can talk about movie 43, or we can talk about Parker. God, I freaking hate January. <laughs> January releases. All right. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you like this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us to the website. We really appreciate your help. Don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including The Thin Place and Dispatches from St. Marina. And I want to go ahead and announce that we, ha- we actually have a new weekly column appearing on the website. If there are any Twin Peaks fans listening, we've got a weekly column going episode by episode uh, through the series Twin Peaks. That, that's going to be uh, published on the website every week. And we, we just published the, the first intro to that. So definitely check that out if you're a fan of Mr. Lynch and Twin Peaks. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitters at mcastymovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find my work reposted on the BOFCA website, the B-O-F-C-A dot com. That's the Boston Online Film Critics Association. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!